Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. take it outside you drain all the oil out of it and stuff and, and get rid of that legally and they're like yeah get out there and you pressure wash the inside and then as long as you like take a propane torch to it you're fine and i'm like wait a minute are you kidding me i mean i don't want my burger tasting like a truck stop thank you um i'm gonna get all sciencey on you like tetracycline yeah, in your in your brake clean but we're gonna get naphthalene <laughs> now in our naphthalene now in which is a is a byproduct or basically is what diesel fuel's official name is, right? So naphthalene yeah. in our barbecue. That's interesting. That sounds like a really great concept. It's around the house. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is around the house. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. This is where we talk home improvement and everything inside your house every weekend. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Hey, Caroline. Hello, sir. How are you? Well, we've made the news this week here in Portland, Oregon, where I'm at. And of course, you're on the other side of the of the country, kind of oh. outside of the New York metropolitan area. We got voted best pizza. What? We have the best pizza in the country. Yeah, right? No. You're lying, right? You're telling a fan? No, no, seriously. Seriously, we got voted no. best pizza. I mean, how crazy is that? I love it. Wait, you're telling someone from New Jersey that Oregon <laughs> has the best pizza. I'm getting this correct, you, right? Yes, you are. Yeah. And, and okay. all of our Chicago listeners are going, excuse me? Mm-hmm. I mean, really? And so, what kind of pizza would thing. this be? Well, just pizza in general, you know, so best pizza in America per Bloomberg.com is uh, Portland, Oregon. And I think why we'll talk about this a little more. I think, though, it's it's because these guys went around from modernist pizza, went around up at 400 pies <laughs> across the, the country. I mean, I love New York modernist pizza. pizza. It's great. I love Chicago pizza. I almost prefer Chicago pizza. because I like the deep dish, thick crust. But see, here in Portland, you can get any kind of pizza you want. And maybe it's because we don't have our own pizza style. It's just like the the big pizza bar. So you, you win on a caveat? Want. That's like, just because you make your pizza special, you win? That's what Just it's... make it better. New Jersey is the <laughs> land of the pizza people. I am from land of pizza. I don't know. I think the Chicago people will say that they're from the land of the pizza. They only make a deep dish. They don't count. <laughs> no, I love you, Chicago. I'm just kidding. I know it. So here's the question I'm going to have that we're going to answer next segment. I want to see uh, 
I want to get your take on uh, pineapple, yes or no on pizza. And we'll talk about that in the next thing. <laughs> I knew there was going to be a reaction to that. Well, speaking of pizza, I got into an interesting argument on social media on one of the DIY groups out there today. And I had to bring this up. And I wanted to get your take on it because I know my opinion, and I fairly stated it pretty abruptly in this conversation. People were taking their oil tank out of their basement that had heating oil in it for probably 50 to 75 years. And they were going to remove it out the back door and make it into a smoker that they could barbecue with. What? Yeah. What? So they were going to take Gross. it and they said, okay, here's how you do it. You take it outside, you drain all the oil out of it and stuff and, and get rid of that legally. And they're like, yeah, get out there and you pressure wash the inside. And then as long as you like take a propane torch to it, you're fine. And I'm like, wait a minute. Are you kidding me? I mean, I don't want my burger tasting like a truck stop. Thank you. Um, I'm going to get all sciencey on you. Like Tetracycline yeah, in your in your brake clean, but we're going to get naphthalene <laughs> oh. now in our naphthalene now in, which is a, is a byproduct or basically is what diesel fuel's official name is. Right. So naphthalene yeah. in our barbecue. That's interesting. That sounds like a really yeah. great concept. Yeah. So here's what's happening. So mm. they, the theory is by some of these people that are doing it and I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just tell them kind of how not good this is. You know, everybody thinks that diesel fuel in that metal is just sitting on the surface and okay, I'm going to clean it. I'll start a fire on the inside or hit it with a torch. I burned it off. It's no longer burnable. So it's clean, but they don't think about how oil penetrates into things. hundred percent. And all the like, chemicals within that. If you have an oil spill in your basement or your tank leaks, or you get an overfill, that spills onto your concrete. I mean, no joke, that will last 15 years, even with a professional cleanup. You will smell oil when it gets moist or humid or damp. That smell of diesel fuel is coming out, folks. So no way is it possible that you're using a tank as a what? A smoker? Yeah, basically mm -hmm. building a DIY barbecue. So they use the <laughs> tank as the kettle for a Weber-style barbecue or smoker. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. That's even worse as a smoker. It's one thing that you're cooking it and maybe you're going to burn the stuff on the outside and maybe by chance it goes up through the top of the chimney on the thing. But if you're smoking it where you're getting that thing at, you know, maybe 225 degrees for eight hours and you're you're pushing all this heat into it, which of course is going to push, well, it's going to bring gonna, all the oils to the surface, right? I mean, that's how you would do that. What works on volatile organic compounds is time air and temperature. So all you're going to do is heat those volatiles right out of that surface and right into your meat. That sounds great. Yeah. We need to find a YouTube video on this like so we can look, watch someone who makes this and then completely bash them and make them take it oh, down. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Oh by the oh, way, man. speaking of YouTube videos and I got I got to jump on this one here too. I uh probably 6 months, 9 months ago is right before winter time. So it'd be about 9 months ago. There was a guy that we heckled on the show here that was a YouTuber and he totally ripped apart his house and he, he was trying to be a house flipper, but badly didn't know anything he was doing, took out all the structure out of the ceiling and tried to make a vaulted ceiling out of it and was drywalling and everything else. And I'm like, man, first person on that roof up there that stands on the roof is going to fall through, let alone <laughs> and probably push the walls out where they did it totally collapsed the house. 
it's funny. He had took, after I called him out, I didn't realize that he was actually from my town here in Portland, Oregon. It had just shown up as a, yeah, exactly. I mean, he was on the side of town, but still I was like, wow, dude, come on. So I started Googling and figuring it out. And then I had a listener reach out and go, ah, yeah, he heard your episode where you were hammering on him. Well, he just put a lot of the videos back up again, except for the one where he was doing the trusses and they're back up on his page again. And I'm like, oh, he's back. People be aware of what you see on YouTube just because it looks like it's a great idea does not mean it is. I'm the voice. And I can tell you what, if you go over to same example, Caroline, if you go to the YouTube and go oil tank smoker, there's a hundred people on there telling you how to build one. I got to check this out. This is insane. I mean, this is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So when you look at that, it's just like, come on, guys. I mean, there is so many things on it and nobody is really talking about, you know, what are the dangers of trying to do that DIY project? It's shocking to me that nobody has that figured out. As an indoor air quality professional for 20 years, I'm telling you, you are outgassing naphthalene and every other petroleum-based byproduct of diesel fuel into your food. Do not try this at home. Well, and you run into the same kind of things. And I'll I'll tell this as a story. I've told this story a couple times before over the years. You got to watch out with any kind of recycled material. And we've talked about it before, but... You know, I had a, cu- a customer that I was a designer. I was a designer on their project for, and they went, "Hey, I got this really cool recycled wood out of Tacoma," and I was in Tacoma at the time. And I'm like, "Awesome, cool! Oh, that's gorgeous! It was this cool pickled redwood, mm. gorgeous, hundred and something year old pickle redwood." The problem was, is it literally came from a, a pickle vat from Nally <laughs> Valley there, which is named Nally Valley because of Nally pickles. <laughs> Well, the problem is, is you put that inside the house and all you smell is pickles. Pickles. It's uh-uh. pickles 24-7. And there was no way to get that to not smell like pickles. It was awesome. But you better like pickles because your house will smell for 50 years like pickles 24-7. And these things bake into the ground. So I've had customers who had homes that were built on old petroleum plants. So when it got... humid or hot outside, they would smell diesel fuel. And I remember getting called into a project and they said, look, we always smell diesel fuel in our house. And so come to find out it was never the house. It was the ground. So the seepage was coming up from the ground and they would smell it. Same thing. I had clients who were built on a a right guard factory that had produced right guard. So you can imagine the fragrance, like when it would get hot and humid, this would just bake out of the earth. So these things don't go away. You know, you're going to really have a hard time. So it's important to kind of investigate too. Like when you do buy a house, what was there prior to the land? What what's around your house? What's your house on? You know, nowadays, a lot of these areas that were that are commercial, you know, they'll tear down a commercial building, they'll tear down a business. And then you get, you know, a developer that comes in. So you want to know, like, you know, what was underneath the ground? Because it could really make you, you know, sick or it could affect the way, you you know, you feel in your house. Great example. When I was in, uh, in Tacoma over there, that same area, blocks away from some of these houses I'm talking about was an area where a hundred years ago they were building railroad ties and stuff. So they had, we'll talk about that later, but they had arsenic levels and they came in and took off the top foot of topsoil and just cleaned all that topsoil out of there and and treated it as a hazmat. So they came in and just went all the way down the street and they came in and dug up every ounce of topsoil around the houses, came back in and put new topsoil in because it was just jammed, packed full of 
arsenic that had gone up the uh, smokestack and stuff of that uh, of that sawmill that was treating all the raritizing. Hey, when we come back, we're going to might talk a little more pizza, but we got an important recall to talk about, and we'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. Why in a world of Today's indoor air quality tip is brought to you by Pyramid Heating and Cooling and PyramidHeating.com. When was the last time you changed your air filter? Do you have pets? Your indoor air quality is directly affected by the amount of pollution you're bringing indoors. Pets, open windows, maybe a dirty crawl space or basement, or lack of ventilation in your kitchen can all load up that air filter. Always check your system and make sure you're using the correct filter that the system was designed for. You know, those cheap one-inch air filters are meant to protect your system and not take out indoor air pollution. Basic HVAC systems might need their filter changed every month, or if you have something more high-tech like my system, it could be every nine months to a year. I recommend that you get your best filter you can afford as the better filters take out more pollutants out of your indoor air. To thrive in the great indoors, visit PyramidHeating.com, Oregon CCB 593A2. That's PyramidHeating.com. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. This is where we talk everything between the fences of your house. Caroline and I are having a great time in here. Hi, everybody. Yeah, we were talking pizza earlier, and later on, um, we're gonna we're gonna continue this conversation because you know here in Portland, as they said on Bloomberg, we're the pizza kings now. So Eric is under I'm gonna the keep delusion talking smack. that he lives in the pizza <laughs> capital of the world. People delusion. <laughs> not happening i'm from new jersey we have the best pizza. yes you are and new york no I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll even bring la into the conversation later on we'll have some fun with that well we've been talking about uh you know we we're talking about oil tanks and building barbecues out of those and how that was such a bad idea but you brought something up to me this last week because you know we talked about dehumidification last week in the show yep or two weeks ago in the show and I didn't realize, and I must have missed this. I didn't realize that there's millions of the small portable ones that are on a massive recall right now. Yeah, we were just talking. Um, I'd given an article to Eric, and he actually did some great research to kind of talk about which ones are problematic. But we don't want to discourage you from getting a dehumidifier. So it's really important that most homes across the country have one either connected to their HVAC system or you have a freestanding in a basement or crawl space. But there are some recalls and some fire hazards that you need to be aware of. So, Eric, take it away. Yeah. So, U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission uh, has recalled about two and a half million That's a of lot. these units. It's a lot of them. So, there are more than 2,000 reported incidents of the product overheating with 450 fires reported, resulting in more than $19 million in property damage. So, this is a serious deal. Yeah. So... This recall was made by Gree. The, the product was made by Gree Industries. Well, actually, Gree Electric Appliances of China. But here's the thing. Like many things in the country right now, we see things branded really crazily. So there's all these brands that this fits under. So don't go look and go, oh, mine's not made by Gree. What you're looking for is these brands. So the recall in, involves 20, 25, 30, 40, 45, 50, 65, and 70 pint dehumidifiers with the brand names that include Danby, DeLonghi, mm. Fetters, Fellini, Frigidaire, 
GE, Gree, Kenmore, Premier, Seabreeze, Solus Air, and Super Clima. And these are the so big ones, got, guys. These are, yeah, if you've got a dehumidifier, yeah. you've got one of these. And especially if you're, you've got a smaller pint, you know, non-commercial grade dehumidifier. Yeah, so these were sold uh, at tons of retailers like Home Depot, Kmart, Lowe's, Menard, Sam's Club, Sears, Walmart, and other nationwide in the U.S. and Canada, as well as Amazon and eBay from January 2005 through August of 2013. And they cost about, you know, between $100 and $400. So always go to the Consumer Product Safety Commission uh, website to get all the details and the model numbers. But um, you got to be really careful on those. I think Now, on top of that. I've got to check because in my office building, I think we have a Frigidaire that was in that time period. So I'm going to have to look. That's it's scary because you leave them on. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, you set your DHU and you forget it and leave it in a basement and you don't go down there because we don't like to visit basements and crawl spaces. Right. We've talked about that. Yep. You've got to check these areas out. So, you know, but wait, there's easy. more. Uh-oh. There's right. more even. Medea recalled 3.4 million dehumidifiers. Wow. So these guys had 3.4 million because they could overheat smoke and catch fire so there are only 38 reports of smoke and fire at the time of the recall which was 4.8 million in property damage no injuries reported so these were made by gd madera air conditioning equipment of china uh sold at lowe's menards pc richard and other stores nationwide from 2013 back to 2003 uh brand names included comfort air danby dayton forest air frigidaire ge honeywell keystone Medea, Ocean Breeze, Sunbeam, and more. So there's another one you should pay attention to. So to be honest, if you've got one of those little portable ones that's in your basement or crawl space uh, or anywhere else in your house, you might want to take a look and make sure if they're an older one, it's not one of those units. They were really fried up. I saw there were, there were photographs if you go online and you can see they are burnt to a crisp. And I can't figure out if it was, um, it looks like it was like the coil or the condensate that started the fire. Um, it's, I don't know, I guess it's electrical somewhere, but it's, I think it's within the unit. It's not like just an electrical issue with a cord, right? It seems to be. Yeah, it looked like that there, you know, it's, it, yeah, it didn't look like a cord unit. It looked like maybe the compressor overheated or the motor, you know, within the compressor overheated because those things didn't just like smoke a motor and quit working. It looks like it was a full on active fire situation mm-hmm. where it lit on fire and actually started burning. It was like not completely just, charred, right? You saw that picture. It was crazy. Yeah, it was a a crumble of burnt (laughs) plastic, brass tubing, copper tubing, and what used to be an electric motor. There was not much left. It looked like something had been through a house fire. Mm -hmm. And uh, just got to be careful with those. Again, we want to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves out there. Make sure we've got that humidity down. We talked about that in the previous episode. But really, make sure you're not burning your house down having a product that's been recalled. And uh, it just, we're taking a few minutes to check that out. I mean, it's amazing with recalls. I go back and try to check all the time to see because every week I'm usually looking. I can't believe I missed this one at some point, but uh, I'm always online taking a look at recalls, recalls and seeing what the next ones are because there's tons of products out there within your home or even your car. So what do you suggest? So like, say your unit, you're not having an issue with it, but it has been recalled. Um, or maybe it's in one of those brands and it's within that time period. What do you think? I mean, you think you just get rid of it and get a new one just to yep. be safe? Endanger a family member or pets or lose everything because they lost their house because 
of something they should have just unplugged and then go get a commercial grade unit, you know, go get something instead of the portable one, get something that's much more built in, right? Self plug, call my healthy home, healthyhomeexpert.com. We'll square you up. You got it. (laughs) And so really take a look at the consumer product safety commission site. If you're looking for more information, that is one of those things. Those guys are really good. Don't stay off everybody else out there, but when you're looking for that stuff, that's where you want to find out all those great consumer recalls because that way you know could be something else in your house it's not always on the news that's a good one for you well hey we got to go to break i'm eric g i'm caroline b and you're listening to around Around the the House. house And you're listening to Around the House with Eric G. too right hmm. yeah new jersey has the best pizza we all know that that's a nationwide poll yeah, except if you talk to bloomberg <laughs> and uh we have it the best in portland so we'll talk about that later it's getting me hungry though you know what i mean denied <laughs> denied <laughs> <laughs> Way too much fun. Way too much fun. Well, you know, we've been, oh, man, now you got me on pizza, though. See, (laughs) it's like now I'm getting hungry talking about this. Well, you know, we were talking this last segment about, you know, the dehumidifiers and stuff and making sure that you've got a good one and you don't have one of the recalled ones. But we were talking a little bit of landscaping here, too. You know, this earlier, you and I before the show were talking about you know, because I'd been talking about with somebody on social media again, we were talking about social media stuff. And I ran into somebody who was actually trying to make an outdoor seating area at a railroad ties. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. uh, that creosote's really bad. Yeah. Amongst other things, I'm sure. Any kind of petroleum based product. Yeah. You know, and I'll be honest, this is where I've made a few people mad in the past uh, when I'm talking about landscaping and stuff and, and running outside is. I don't think that we should be selling railroad ties, used ones, as a commercial product to homeowners. I think we shouldn't. You know, you think about what travels, you know, you think about what happens on the rails, right? There could be a tanker car leaking. It could be anything from sewage to dangerous chemicals. And you're going to go put that around your garden? Yeah, I mean, my landscaper, they, they think I'm nuts, though, because I'm an extremist, right? But anything you put into the ground, soaks into the ground, can become part of your well, right? Your water. Also, yep. your pipes underground aren't hermetically sealed, so water can technically pick up things. So you have to think, like, if you're spraying pesticide, you're spraying commercial fertilizer, you're spraying, you're putting down railroad tides that have creosote in them. I mean, even things like PVC pipe. I mean, when you really start to think about these things, they're going into the earth. So to me, as 
as careful as you can be. I really try to do projects around my house that are not going to launch things into the environment like that. That's just me being very conscious. I know not everybody is, but yeah. Um, and then like we had the issue with the mulch. Now our whole mulch beds have to be ripped up because we've got a massive mold problem. And it like, you know, we thought it would go away. We thought it was just a bad set of mulch, but every time it rains, the whole yard stinks like mold really bad. So, you know, you got to be careful and think about what you're doing out there because it, it is connected to your house in one way or another. Wonder if you could go out there with like a, you know, the garden sprayer, you know, one of the pressurized sprayers and hit with a, uh, hit that mulch with a, something to knock that down. Like we had know, a hurricane or something. We had a hurricane come through. Oh, I know thought, it. We thought that was it. And and then for a day we're like, Oh, I, I said the mulch smells a lot better. And then all of a sudden yesterday it was back again in full vengeance and it's stinking yeah. up. We have about a, you know, maybe what 0. 0.6 of an acre. Um, and the entire area around it smells. So it's like, I feel bad. It's, you know, I don't want our neighbors to smell it either. It's just awful. I think it's in, he put too thick. You can't pile mulch on top of each other and make the bed too thick because then it starts to just decompose and you get all kinds of stuff. So I think he got kind of, I love him, but I think he was just piling well, it on top, you know, and not. I did some thick. research though. And I was started looking into that mold, that, that mold a little bit. And that mold seems to be something that happens you know, much more in your area up there from like Indiana on east in the northeast. Hmm. And it's a it's a, a mold that grows kind of a fungus that grows within the, the mulch bed. So what happens is, is it'll start growing at a supplier's mulch place. Right. And right. so as they kick in and throw more ground stuff up in there, it just keeps growing within that pile. And that pile is is moist and warm. So it loves to do that. So it keeps growing. And so in then they keep sending it out to people and eventually they say it'll die off because it's eaten up all the stuff that that mold is trying to eat, but it just has enough food in there. And of course, as you have it wet with a hurricane, right? Mm -hmm. They said that stuff keeps going. And, and if you leave it really dry for a few weeks, they said that can kill it. But all it takes again is, is if more it's moisture. too bad, then I, I got a feeling more moisture than you're, you're back going again. Yeah. And it's different. We also have um, artillery mold, which is here, which is a fungus that'll spawn off out of your mulch and it'll spray, right? And it shoots and it'll cover your car yeah. and your house and you'll get this black spotting. And then this was different. This actually looks like piles of vomit. So it just appears and all of a sudden it looks like someone threw up and it smells. So it's going, we're going to, I'm going to remove it and um, maybe do some stones or something to avoid it because it just, yeah, it that's that slime mold is what people have been calling it is, um, it's, I'm, I've got the thing here. It really runs on mulches and compost. It says um, it needs a, a specific moisture and bacteria required for survival. So slime molds or dog vomit fungus are brightly colored, yellow, orange, <laughs> yeah. slimy masses that are several inches or more to a foot across to feed on bacteria growing in the molds. These molds dry out and turn brown, especially after yes, that's appearing it. as white. That's, yeah. What is it called? What's the official name? They call it slime mold <laughs> or uh, dog vomit fungus. That and is it. Says, it. Oh discard God. the slime mold in a compost pile, household garbage, garbage or a spot in the yard away from existing molds. They said if you take it out of that area and take it away from that, you'll be fine. That's but, what we keep uh, doing, but it like keeps coming back. It like it just yeah. it regenerates. It's yeah. like so interesting. Yeah, I kind of started was like, what are you talking about? 
And then, yeah, then they also talk about the uh, shotgun or artillery fungus as mm, well. That's like nasty. Like if you have your car parked next to artillery mold, it'll just shoot all over your car. And you're like, what is this? It's nasty. What is this? That's brutal. No, oh God, thank slime you. mold. And it just, what are those little creatures? Remember? Oh, gremlins. Remember when they like multiply on their backs yep. and they like spawn off a whole bunch of, that's what it's like. It just keeps spawning off slime mold, vomit mold. We really need to talk about this because you had tropical storm, the remnants of a hurricane go cruising through, you know, I should have the sound effect for frozen right now, but that's, that came through and luckily it didn't hit you guys too bad, but it really could have. Yeah. And Florida got hit, you know, they did, they went through the Tampa area and then you guys had these extremely high temperatures, which to me that anything can happen when you've got high temperatures and, um, you know, craziness going on, that's fires, it's drought, it, you know, then we've got earthquakes to contend with. There was an earthquake um, in California, right, recently. Yep. So, I mean, they're Yeah, we've got happening. some really big fires. Like, we've got one down that's about four hours south of us right now. That uh, last report I'm looking at here, you know, I mean, it was, it, it grew, let's put it this way. I, I won't get into the numbers because that's boring, but to, it's been growing about 332% a day. That's a lot. So, that's a major national wildfire. And we've got, you know, half a dozen of them around the area. So it's one of those things that we're in fire season. I've got friends over on the eastern side of our state, Washington, Oregon, California, where the smoke's coming through. And it's brutal, you know. And that's where you get those air quality issues. But the problem we're going to see here, I think, is all it's going to take is for us to have wind. And we're going to be in those red flag conditions and they're going to shut power off. And so many people are going to be hot and not prepared for this. Yeah. So we kind of put together a list and we'll probably talk about it coming out of the break. But what do you really need to have in one of these preparative um, kits? What what do you need and what's essential? And there's a lot of things on there that you don't really think. You know, people often think, oh, I, I need uh, maybe a shovel. Maybe I need, um, you know, more like mechanical things versus how about your passport? How about making sure you've got documents, you know, your driver's license, all the things that you'll need if you really have to leave in a hurry? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, and and a, and a passport's key and people go, oh, you don't need your passport. You're not going, you're not going, you know, internationally. You just need to go around. I had a problem with my Oregon driver's license where I was leaving Milwaukee and they would let me on the plane with my Oregon driver's license. And mm-hmm. I luck if I wouldn't have gone on the plane, if I didn't have that passport in my backpack, which I always brought as emergency identification, if I didn't have that in my backpack, I wouldn't have came home that day. And of course my buddies were laughing at me. But what happened is is Oregon, when you change your address, they don't make you a new license. They send you a sticker to put on it. Mm. I think we it do it. It goes that on here, the top too. of that. And that's a we do it. Yeah, here. problem is is the uh federal government doesn't recognize that. They call that a modified official document interesting so i had the sticker on her and he goes can't let you through i'm like dude that's look it up that's how we do it in the state he goes doesn't matter that's a modified official document sir i can't let you on the plane and now an important message from indeed you know the reasons to find your next hire with indeed are starting to add up just take a look at the numbers 
Instant Match searches millions of resumes in Indeed's database to deliver candidates whose resumes fit your job description. They have 135 skills tests that go beyond the resume to help you find the right candidates faster. And according to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. So if you want to multiply your employees and subtract the hassles of finding them, visit Indeed.com slash credit. Ah, this is great. We got David Applebaum sitting in the green room coming up for our next hour of the show. So you don't want to miss that. Our buddy, the architect of the stars. This is going to be a lot of fun. Hey, make sure you follow us anywhere you listen to podcasts or aroundthehouseonline.com where you can grab everything around the house. We'll be right back after these important messages. Eric G with Around the House. Are you looking to grow your business? Need a spokesperson for your company? Maybe an MC for an upcoming trade show? Or maybe you want to up your game and shoot some promotional videos? My team of experts would love to chat with you. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com and fill out the contact us form and we'll set something up. Thanks for listening to Around the House. disaster maybe it's that fire maybe it's that hurricane maybe it's that earthquake depending on where you're at in the country welcome back caroline hey hey guys well we were talking about getting ready and you've got a pretty good list right there because it's so easy to go oh yeah i got some water got some food put away i'm okay but there's so many other things you need to have to be really ready to go someplace or just survive depending on what you got going on so besides pizza? Oh, man. Pizza sounds good right now. Okay. No, seriously. Pizza um, sounds how good. About, but seriously. Seriously, how about $100 in cash in small bills? Nice. Okay. Nice. Um, change of clothes. Mm-hmm. Sturdy shoes. There we Toiletries, go. including feminine hygiene products for us ladies. Okay. Medications. Yeah, and, super important. Uh, so how about PPE equipment? Yay or nay? Yeah, I mean, I've already got a, uh, I already had a mask in there, a dust mask, you know, just because, you know, I learned that from here from when I was a kid when we had Mount St. Helens blow up. I mean, we had two inches mm. of ash fall on us. So definitely PPE. Then. For me, volcanic is one of those things that's, that's on the list of things you got to be careful with. Of course, we're going to have a, we would think a, a nice warning of that, but you still want to be ready for that. Even here, I mean, when we had hurricanes, I mean, you can have a lot of um, debris, pollution. People are using a lot of gas motor products. So if you have sensitivities to that, you might want to do like a P100 respirator if you were having issues. Yeah. So that could definitely be on the list. Non-perishable food. Do you have a yep. place, Eric, where you get, where do you like to get 
um, maybe instant food for, you know, the freeze dried food is always good. Yeah. I've got, uh, I have mine. Mine's made by mountain house, which is a, a company that's actually local here, but they distribute all Me across too. the U S so I've mountain got, house. Mm-hmm. man, you and I have a lot of the same <laughs> stuff between that and the water filter. You know, it's funny. You and I have we both know the same good. brands. That's why yeah. the people listen yeah. to us. They know, know <laughs> what's good. What I like about the Mountain House is it's actually food. If you've ever tried it, it's actually food that you might eat. I mean, it's good for camping. It's good for that kind of stuff if you're going about in the backwoods. And it's good because you can you can keep it there. And if you need to have dinner, you've got food to sustain yourself with, you know? No, definitely. And it's just like we talked about water filtration. That's a huge one, having water. Water and food are two big ones just for you to survive. Because as we've learned with natural disasters... You might not have help. Somebody might not be coming for help for a week or two, you know, at least a week. I say two weeks just so you have it. But, man, have your water. Be ready. And Eric and I both like the same water treatment. So we've got I've got the pitcher system, um, but then also I have the shower heads. And that's the Pro One USA. You can go to ProOneUSA.com. And Eric and I both both recommend it highly. Oh, those guys are awesome. I had them on the on the on the show a few years ago, but I've got their big stainless steel tank water filter that's got the big filters in it. And so um, it holds a cup, you know, like, geez, three or four gallons of water in it. So it really will will store it. And of course, you can you can take that bucket of muddy water out of the lake and pour it in there and have a, a pretty decent you know, at least clean water on the other side. You could take rainwater. You could take water that hasn't been treated, literally put it into this filter or jug. There's, they have different filtration, but I have a pitcher. Now it does take longer. I don't want people to think you can just dump this in and immediately you're going to have fresh water. It does go through a filter process and it does kind of drip and take a slower, a slower time to, to filter itself, but it's great. So if you ever got into a jam, you could definitely have fresh water if you use something that was not, you know, typically treated. Yeah, it takes a little while. I mean, it's gravity fed, so it takes a little bit. But I tell you what, they work well. And, you know, they're really not that expensive. You know, I think mine's mm-hmm. about a three-gallon one, so it'll hold about that. But they're a few hundred bucks, but it's the best insurance. And especially for somebody like me where I've got multiple water sources around me. I can walk in 10 minutes and have three different bodies of water around me. That's so great. it's really easy to get water outside of the stuff that I have stored here at the house. So uh, what else is on the list? So we've got that we did non-perishable food, flashlights or headlamps with batteries. That's important. So you always want to be able to Mm -hmm. see because you may not have power. Um, Of course, a basic first aid kit is good. Yep. Uh, Battery charger for your phone. Like so some way to charge your phone to make sure. Obviously, we all know this through hurricanes, natural disasters. You're not getting a charge on that phone. So you got to have multiple backups, I would say, not just one. Um, no, what I do, I have, I have a really cool, I have a cool tool that I use. So it is, it takes my Milwaukee tool battery. And mm-hmm. so I have multiple batteries around here, probably have 10 batteries and I can click that into a charger port and I can hook my phone into that. So I have like probably two weeks where the battery charges. If I grabbed every battery out of my house that I could charge my battery with for probably two weeks if I didn't have a car or anything else as a source. Wait, that's just sitting in my garage. Explain this to people. So what is it? It, Does Milwaukee Tool make it? Yeah, it's a Milwaukee Tool um, USB adapter is all it is. So it takes my my M12 battery that I have 
and it snaps on the end. They do make one for the M18 as well, and it snaps on there, and it's got a USB port, and you can plug into that, and it'll charge your phone. I've got an iPhone 12. Uh, the small battery will do one full charge on it. If I've got the big battery in it, it'll do a couple full charges on my phone. My phone mm-hmm. lasts about uh, 24 to 36 hours on a full charge if I'm not using a ton of it. That's and easy. For, and, and for us layments, where do you get this? The M12 or the M18, you said? So where do we get that? Yeah, so that's just their two platforms they have that run their power tools. So if you're a, if you've got the Milwaukee drill you know, or, or any of their power tools, you can buy this little piece that snaps on and that's a backup power source. And what I love is I can put a couple of those in my backpack with that. And I've always got a battery with me. I've always got two days, maybe four days, if I'm very careful that's with awesome. it, of charge and not counting what you have in your vehicle or anything else. See, we need to know this, ladies. We can get these devices. Milwaukee Tools will provide it for us. I love it. You got it. You got it. Well, before we go out to break, I think we ought to do something. We've been talking enough pizza here. I think we need to hit the road, take a break, go get some pizza. We'll let our next guest, David Applebaum, he can grab some pizza. And I think we need to do a Oregon versus New Jersey versus LA little pizza competition in the next Yeah, David is from LA. He's architect of the stars. So he could probably get some good pizza. I'm on, game on. I bet he can. I'm going an hour I away. Can. I know where I'm going. You, you're done. Yeah, okay. You're done. You know where you're going. I know where I'm going. I'll grab some of that. We come back. We'll talk pizza and we'll talk David Applebaum, architect of the stars. Sound good? Sounds awesome. All right. I'm Eric G. I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around, Around the, the House. House. Come on. Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.